Welcome to this week's episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites, brought to you by Bergen Community College and the Office of Student Life and Conduct. In each episode, we will introduce you to someone who can help make the most of your college experience. Welcome to another episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. Today is October 21st. Myself, Greg, and Ian are joined by Dania Hui Pasigan, the head college nurse here. Welcome, Dania. Hi, how are you guys? Hey, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for coming out, Dania. Oh, anytime for you guys. All right, welcome, Donnie. We're just going to get right into it. Uh, can you tell us a little about yourself and uh, your journey to Bergen Community College? Mm, let's see. So I am a nurse, obviously. I have 20 years of experience. Uh, my background has always been in pediatrics, which is children's uh, nursing. Uh, before coming to um, Bergen, I worked in the pediatric emergency room in Hackensack. I've been a nurse for, like I said, for a while. Um, I was eager to work in the school population uh, with the young adults. Uh, so that's what brought me over to Bergen. And I haven't regretted it ever since. That's awesome. Did you know from when you were a, a little girl that you wanted to be a nurse? Um, I didn't think I was going to be a nurse. Um, I knew it was going to be in the medical field. I actually um, got into um, the there's a special program in the city, which is like, uh, it's a seven-year program from college and medical school. But I uh, decided not to take that route, being a typical young, foolish uh, teenager. Um, and finally, when I you know, wanted to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, quote unquote, I said nursing was the way to do it instead of uh, going into medical school, because I love the aspect of nursing that it has to do with the you know, one-on-one -on -one interaction and the education and the teaching that I do with uh, the patients. So, and I haven't regretted that since. That's amazing. So after all these years, seeing all these patients, all these students, how has the adjustment working from home been for you? It's a big adjustment um, as a nurse, to be honest with you, because that's like I had mentioned before, uh, the part of nursing that I love is, you know, the interaction, the face-to-face, -face, the hands-on stuff. One of the uh, many reasons that originally one of my uh, previous job was management positions, and I actually left to become a, a floor, what they call floor nursing, is because I wanted the um, interaction, the hands-on. So it's been very difficult being at home and working behind a laptop. It wasn't really something I ever thought I would do again. All right. So I remember back in March, uh, we took the uh, we finished school, we closed out the week before spring break. And everyone assumed we would come back from spring bake and everything would be back to normal. At what point did you know that COVID-19 was going to be this big of a deal? It's funny because I really thought we would be back also. I thought it was like any other virus. Um, you know, the coronavirus in general is not anything new. Uh, the COVID-19 part isn't a new part. So I really thought that we would be back um, sooner than later. So I didn't realize it when... I guess, to be honest with you, when everything started to shut down um, and we couldn't leave the house uh, for just basic needs of grocery, banking, and things like that. Well, all right. And uh, now that we're stuck at home, uh, what is something that you want the student population to know about your office while we're in the virtual setting? Like, how can your department help? We're definitely still open. Uh, you could either reach us by our phone number, which is the 201 Four four seven seven two five seven. 447 uh, You can always email us too. Everywhere we have the full staff is still working, which is health services 
at bergen.edu. So you, we're always available. There's somebody on and it's the regular hours uh, that, you know, we were open when the school was open. So from 8.30 to 6.30, there's somebody um, manning the emails and the um, phone calls. Sweet. Th thanks for sharing all that, Danya. This, this is Ian asking some questions now. Uh, you, you talk a little bit about the pivot for your office online, how it's really been answering a lot of emails. And, and I think that that's the case for a lot of departments, but it's even more important for uh, health services with everything going on and the more central role that you now play with who can and can't come to campus. What's one piece of advice or insight that you might want listeners, whether students, faculty, or staff to hear about how they should interact with your office going forward? Besides just email, what's something that you'd want to say uh, to the listeners? I mean, I know this has been a very hard time um, for everyone. I just want the students to really know that we are there. Um, if you need, uh, in addition to the health services, you know, my office does have personal counseling. They are still available. You know, we definitely reach out to them. You know, we're available through Jabber, uh, through the, the the WebEx. So we are, do can have, you know, one-to-one face-to-face. And it's not going to be, you know, like face-to-face -face in the, the real sense, but we are still available. I know it's been hard. Um, all that is private, confidential. We, I just would love for them to know that um, they're not alone. You know, we're all going through this and there's somebody out there that is, you know, um, there to hear you out and address all any of your concerns. Sweet. So, so thanks for talking about how your office really bridges not only you know someone's physical health but also someone's you know mental and emotional health. A term that I've seen used in media the last couple of weeks, maybe last couple of months, is this whole concept of COVID fatigue that people have really got away from you know wearing masks, being socially distant making sure that we're washing our hands, things like that, to the ability that you can as a healthcare provider, what would you have to say about COVID fatigue and, and what our students as well as faculty and staff should or should not be doing moving forward with the winter months approaching? I, I, I get it. We've been trapped um, without seeing loved ones, going out, enjoying the beautiful you know weather. Um, I All I can say is just you know, don't be careless, do the same protocols. The hand washing is the most important thing. That's one of my biggest, and that should be all, all the time and not necessarily just specific to this COVID pandemic. Um, definitely, you know, be cautious. Um, when you're not, you know, feeling well, please stay home. Do not go out um, to expose family, friends. Uh, it's so important to wear a mask. One of my pet peeves when I do go out is seeing how masks are like improperly worn or, you know, I see people wearing gloves and, um, you know, the rubber gloves, but they're putting their hands in per inside purses or they're driving with them. They just went grocery shopping. Uh, you know, just be cautious of how you're wearing um, a lot of these protective gears. I know you think it's protecting you, but sometimes I actually do more harm. Um, mask, like I said, make sure it's over your nose, you know, covering your mouth. That's, I've seen it but so many different ways. It's funny if you watch news and they're interviewing people. I always giggle when I see them not wearing it properly. Um, just not, you know, just don't let your guard down, especially now the, you know, the cold and the winter's coming, there's flu season, there's other viruses out there and you don't want to make it worse. And then actually 
at higher risk for getting the COVID. Thanks for sharing all of that. So I know that as we continue with the month of October and it transitions into November and December, a lot of folks listening to this podcast might have questions about what's going to happen in the springtime. And as of recording, uh, we don't know. We don't have a plan quite yet for what the spring is. We do know that the reopening committee is actively working on it. But one of the things that we do want to talk about is if someone does uh, test positive for COVID-19 and if they are on campus, notification that goes to individuals who may have come in contact with them in the form of primary, secondary, and tertiary. Can you just explain a little bit more about what that is and what it is? Sure. So if somebody reaches out, whether it's faculty, staff, or a student, um, and it reaches out to me and lets me know that they uh, are positive for COVID. So what happens, I'll just go the steps of what goes on. Um, I generally ask them uh, when the last time they were on campus, where they were on campus, and who they might have been uh, in contact with. Uh, once that interview is all done, I do go and reach out to uh, the Bergen County Health Department just to collaborate and tell them our the scenarios we have. Um, they, in turn, uh, let us know what um, the next steps should be. We do have um, the steps, you know, like you said, the primary, the secondary, and they just reinforce who those uh, cohorts would be on that, or that group would be. Uh, generally, the primary uh, groups are the person that they, uh, let's say the positive contact has been um, in, you know, in contact with. Those uh, people will get quarantined for 14 days, including the positive cases. Uh, they are not to come onto campus, you know, for 14 days. It's up to them if they want to get tested. It's not mandatory. The school doesn't require it because they are away from us for 14 days. Uh, CDC does recommend, you know, that is the criteria. Secondary people tend to be, let's say, if you have been, been in uh, contact with the people that we're quarantining just for safety precautions, they, the, that second group, um, and you've been in contact with them, we, that's what's considered secondary. There's no need to test. There's no need to quarantine at this point. Um, letters do go out to the primaries, you know, letting them know that they, um, as well as phone calls that they have been in contact with certain, um, individual and that they are to be quarantined for 14 days. I think I kind Thanks of explained for- it in a nutshell. I'm trying to, <laughs> No, you did. And and I think that what's important to mention is that that's going to be sent out in the communication for the spring plan. I don't know that that's written in the fall plan. Um, that's in, that's in I the believe spring. it's in I, the I reopening plan, to be on, um, in the reopening plan, that that should be in there. I think we are going to try to make it a little bit more detailed because um, it wasn't. It's hard to uh, do something so specific as CDC sometimes and the health department do change its criteria. So we try not to make it too specific um, just because of these, there are changes um, done and updates are done on, you know, a regular basis. Well, well, thank you for sharing that, that it it sort of changes over time. And that that seems like one of the areas that Bergen's grown in terms of their notification. The last question that I have for you, Donnie, before flipping it over to Greg next is trying to make a positive out of all of this. Through the last six months of the pandemic, 
I'm sure you as the head college nurse have come into contact with a bunch of different folks, whether part of Bergen's community or not part of our community college uh, landscape. What's one connection that you really value uh, during this this time and that you're going to take with you moving forward? Oh, it's funny because it's I've in addition to working, uh, you know, for the college, I have been working for the county testing um, for the COVID out there. I just can't tell you how proud I am. It's amazing to see all these nurses come together. The resilience, it's amazing. So, I mean, it's an honor to be in that group. Um, it's just out Thank there. Thank you. We, we agree. Even, we agree. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, no matter what, you know, we get, we've toughened it out. We've dealt with it. We've, you know, any curveball that's come our way. I'm just so proud of all my coworkers, my friends. It's amazing. It is. We, we want to join you in thanking all of the frontline healthcare workers and really anyone who's really had to step up during this. Um, so uh, we, we strive to be educational here on the show. And I wanted to circle back to something you mentioned earlier. Um, throughout the pandemic, uh, the, the terms coronavirus and COVID-19 were often used interchangeably, uh, often by, by people who really should know. Um, would you be able to talk about that distinction a little bit for us? So it's COVID-19 is a coronavirus. Coronavirus is like the general virus that's um, that's always been around and people doesn't don't seem to realize it. What makes it uh, different is that COVID-19 is a um, is a type of the coronavirus that was um, discovered fairly recently. So that's what makes it, uh, you know, a little, you know, different than it is a corona. It's just a different um, type just to kind of make it a little simpler and not too uh, medically <laughs> in detail. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a bit of an off topic question because it is October, which is uh-huh. my favorite season, Halloween season. <laughs> I know. it. Uh, do, you, <laughs> do you have a favorite, you know, Halloween movie, scary movie, kind of a go-to movie for this time of year? It's so funny. You know what? It's, I, that is not one of my favorite, uh, Sorry, Greg. Um, <laughs> of movies, um, it's just when after days of coming home and I want to see stuff. I want to see non-scary, non-mush. You know, non-thinking. I just want to see mush. So it's funny. I I am the uh, typical chiclet kind of movie girl. You know, nothing serious. Love story, like Hallmarky kind of girl. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> You know, I, I have hopes that we'll someday get a guest who watches horror movies with me, but not, not this I mean, week, I would folks. try. I, to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen one out fully straight out. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll talk offline. I'll give you some soft recommendations. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know we're running short on time, so I'm going to ask you sort of our, our closing question. The, uh, the slogan of our office is leave your mark. So when... When you leave Bergen, which is hopefully many, many years from now, uh, how would you have liked to have left your mark? How would you like to be remembered for your time at Bergen? That I definitely made an impact. Um, that I, you know, I made an impact on the students, staff, faculty. That I, they known me as a tough noogie, but also caring, understanding, and there for them. Um, so, as a nurse, you know, I just want to make sure that um, 
I do understand. I empathize. And I will always try to um, help you in any way I can and go beyond that. So I hope people will realize that too. <laughs> Danya, thank you so much for joining us here on Bergen Bulldog Bites. I want to thank you for everything you've done and for being the toughest nuggie we know. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. No problem. And if anyone has any questions about this episode or would like to make any recommendations, please contact us at studentlife at bergen.edu or our Instagram page at bergenslc. From Jared, Greg, and Ian, see you next week. And to my Bulldogs, keep barking and see you. And that wraps up another episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future guests, please email us at studentlife at bergen.edu. Thanks for stopping by.